It's a blessing to be here with you today. We're going to be looking at uh, the great commandment. Uh, I've already read uh, Matthew 22, 34 to 40, and I'll actually read through that again as we get uh, started here. But just before we look into God's word, uh, let's talk to the author of the book. Father, we are so grateful that you are God, that there's none other. We're grateful that we can come to you and we can address you as God and Father because of what Christ has done for us at the cross. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to open and teach your word today. But Father, what makes me more thrilled is the fact that I know that I'm not the primary teacher, that your Holy Spirit is our primary teacher. And I would ask your God that your Holy Spirit, as you promised, would take your word that will not return to you void. And first, your God, that you use it once again in my heart and then each heart here today. And we'll be careful to give you the thanks and praise in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Matthew 22, beginning at 34 to 40. And I'll be actually be referencing these and reading parts of these over and over again through the message as we go through here. But when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. I'm not going to read through Exodus 21 through 17, but in Exodus 21 through 17 is where we see the Ten Commandments. As we see in Exodus 20 there, the first four commandments talk about loving God. You shall have no other God before me. You shall not make idols. You shall not make Take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. We could summarize these first four as love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Then the next six is loving others. Honor your father and your mother. Thou shalt not murder. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Thou shalt not covet. We could sum these up. Love your neighbor as yourself. Let's take a little different look at it. The first four, the first two of those, thou shalt have no other God before me. Thou shalt not make idols. This is talking about our thoughts. Thou shalt not take the Lord, take the name of the Lord your God in vain. This is talking about our words. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. That is talking about Deeds. First Thessalonians 1, 8 and 9 we read, For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place. Your faith to God word is spread abroad, so that we need not to speak anything. For they themselves show us what manner of entering we had unto you, and how ye turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. 
And then Romans 10.10, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. With God, first, we need a heart change. After that heart change, then the way we think changes. And then after the way we think changes, then our actions change. They turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. With the heart man believeth, with the words he confesses unto God. Love God with thoughts, words, and actions. Never try loving God first with actions. You need to love God first with thoughts, words, and then the actions come along. The last six. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. This is talking about deeds or actions. Thou, thou shalt not bear false witness against your neighbor. This is talking about words. Thou shalt not covet. This is talking about our thoughts. 1 John 3.18 we read, My little children, let us love in word. Let us love not. Let me get this right here. Let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Love people with your actions, your words, and your thoughts. With people, do what is right with your actions. Do what is right with your words and allow your feelings to come along. Doing what is right with your actions and with your words before your feelings are there is not being a hypocrite. It's being obedient because that's what we've told to do. I heard the story of this lady that went to went to a lawyer and this she went to this lawyer and she said uh, I want to divorce my husband and I just totally despise him I want uh, I want this divorce to be just as bad on him as I can possibly make it the lawyer says to says to her Here, here's what you need to do he says I want you to go home and for the next three or four months, I want you to do every kind thing to your husband that you can do to your husband. You be as absolutely nice to him as you can be. Any kind deed you can do for your husband, you do for your husband. And then three or four months, come back to me and, and we'll put this together. And after you've spent three or four months doing everything you can to make him think that you love him, will drop the bombshell on him, and that will really hurt. The lawyer never got a call back. So the lawyer calls the lady and says, uh, are you planning to divorce your husband? Oh, no. I learned that I loved him. <laughs> I learned that I loved him. See, we're, we see here as a principle of God's word with God you love him with your thoughts, your words, and then your deeds. But with people, we need to love with our deeds first. And then we love with our words, and then we love with our thoughts. Let the thoughts come along later. Do what's right with your deeds and your words. 
That person that just rubs you the wrong way, be very kind to them. Encourage them with your words. And I think you'll be very surprised how your heart changes then. And you'll begin to love them the way you should love them. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. You hear that? On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Love the Lord your God with your entire being and love others the way you love yourself. Sums it up. Romans 13.8 Owe no man anything but to love one another, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. Owe no man anything to owe, to be under obligation. Being debt-free is a really good thing. Proverbs 22.7 The rich ruleth over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. I've often heard Romans Eight thirteen or thirteen eight rather, referred to as a verse to tell you not to borrow money. And not borrowing money is a very good thing. But when we look at God's word, we need to make sure that we're looking at God's word in its context, and we need to use the verses according to where they are in context. Let's back up to verse 7 before we read verse 8 again. Render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Paul is saying, pay taxes to whom you owe taxes, pay customs to whom you owe customs, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Paul says that if you owe a debt, pay it. Verse 8 is not so much about borrowing as it is about paying a debt that you already have. If you have a financial responsibility, pay it. If you owe taxes, pay them. If you owe customs, pay them. Then he transitions to a moral debt. If you owe honor, pay that honor. Owe no man anything but to love one another, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. You also owe uh, you also owe love and never stop paying it. One of the commentaries that I read, Jameson Fawcett Brown says, talks about this, says acquit yourself of all obligations except love, which is a debt that must remain due forever. If you have financial obligations, if you have obligations to honor somebody, get that paid up. But you'll never be paid up on owing love to one another. Let no debt remain outstanding. Do not keep owing anyone anything except the continuing debt to love one another. Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children and walk in love. How do you walk in love? As Christ also had loved us and has given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice as a sweet-smelling savor. Colossians 3, 12 to 15. 
Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, ooh, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. He gives us a tall lower order there. And then he says, and above all these things, above all these things, put on charity, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Do you have turmoil in your life? Do you have things churning within you? Do you want peace? And above all these things, put on charity, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. But above all these things, he said, put on charity, put on love. John three thirteen to 15. Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hate you. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And ye know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. If there's somebody that's your brother and sister in Christ and you don't love them, I'm going to be bold enough to tell you to get on your knees before God and check your salvation because our love for our brothers and sisters in Christ is an indication of genuine salvation and genuine love. This is a high standard. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. John 15, 12, 13. This is my commandment that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, than a man laid down his life for his friends. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 13, Paul describes, uh, Paul's description of love provides guidance for you and I as to how we ought to love, how we ought to pay our debt of love. Paul defines love by what it does. Suffers long, is kind, rejoices in truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And then he defines love by what it does not do. It does not envy. It does not parade itself. Is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not easily provoked. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity. And it never fails. Romans 13.8 Owe no man anything but to love one another. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. I would encourage you as you read through God's word that you would dig in a little deeper and do some word studies. I'm sure your pastor would be thrilled if uh, you went to him and 
and asked him if he could point you to some books to do some word studies. Uh, I started out with a Strong's Concordance and a Vines Dictionary and some of those basic word studies books. Today I use, uh, I use Olive Tree, and I won't get into it, but my wife has a biotoxin illness that's very rare, and books gather moisture, and books get to where they have a, a little bit of a mustiness to them, and it affects her illness. And by God's grace, I was able to replace uh, most of my books electronically, which is a real blessing because now I quite often sat in a service. I've got my, I've got my tablet, and I can kind of check the pastor as he goes on there. <laughs> Up on the top, I've got the main text down below. I've got the text with the Strong's number by each one. And I can tap on that Strong's number, and it'll pull up that definition of that Hebrew word or that Greek word for me. And look at that. When I studied this out, it says, For he that loveth another. He that loveth another. I looked at this another. Another of a different sort. Another of a different sort. Romans 7.23 and 2 Corinthians 11.4 both use this same Greek word. Romans 7.23, But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. And then 2 Corinthians 11.4, For if he that cometh preaches another Jesus, a Jesus of a different sort, whom we have not preached. That same word. Owe no man anything but to love one another, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. He that loveth another of a different sort hath fulfilled the law. Not just our brothers and sisters that are like us, but another of a different sort. Somebody of a different background somebody of a different race, somebody of a different culture, somebody of a different economic standing, and whoa, this will make you cringe, somebody with different political views, somebody with different preferences. We need to be very careful when we look at the news and we see the things that are taking place in our government with people going so contrary against God's word, you be very careful that you don't hate that person. That person's not the problem. They're a tool in the hand of Satan. They're just the tool in the hand, and they don't even know. You need to remember... But by the grace of God, I could be doing the same thing. I'm only a sinner saved by grace. When I stood condemned to death, he took my place. We need to be extremely careful that we don't have the wrong heart attitude. We talked a little bit last night, shared about in Psalm 37, where it says, fret not thyself about of evildoers. That little word fret means to glow or become warm. Don't expect to share the love of Christ with somebody if you've just shouted bad things at them because you don't like what they're doing. Our Lord, and it's hard for us, but our Lord was able to separate the sin from the sinner. 
Loving someone of a different political view doesn't mean that you condone their views. God loved me enough that he sent his son to pay my penalty on the cross. He hated my sin, but he loved me. We need to remember that as we're, especially the world that we're living in today. James 2, 8 and 9. If ye fulfill the royal law according to the scriptures, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, you do well. But if ye have respect for persons, ye commit sin and are convinced of the law as transgressors. Owe no man anything but to love one another. Let me back up. But to love one another, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two laws hang all the law and the commandment. On these two commandments hang all the law and the commandments. This is first, this is the first and great commandment. This is the first and great commandment. This is first in rank. This is chief. Loving the Lord with all your, with your entire being is the first and great commandment. That's first in chief. But remember this. The second is like it. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. John 13, 34 and 35. A new commandment I give unto you that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye love one another. How's the world going to know that we're a disciple, that we're a follower of Jesus Christ, if we show love one to another? John 13, excuse me, John three eighteen to 23 my little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment, that you should believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and love one another as he gave us commandment. See, we don't see that just in one passage. We see that over and over again. One Wednesday night in Bible study, as we were looking at some of these verses, it just kind of jumped out at me. It was one of those wow moments. Have you ever read something over and over again? And then all of a sudden, the truth of it just jumps out to you. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, I've believed on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. December of 1975, I knelt down by my bed, and I told God that I was a sinner and asked him to save me. I get that. I believed on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But look at the, what the whole verse says. And this, is his, and this 
is his commandment that we should believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and love one another as he gave us commandment. And love one another as he gave us commandment. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. And this is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And the second is like it. Loving the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, that's chief. But then when I realized the second is like it. Jesus said that us loving each other and us loving the world lines right up. The second is like it. Kind of makes me cringe a little bit when I have to stop and ask myself, Oh, yes, I believed on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, but about about the second that is like it. How am I doing at loving one another? I no longer look at these verses the same way. That was the wow moment when I saw that God put side by side loving him and loving one another. Have you taken the first step? And this is his commandment, that you should believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The first commandment. We read in John 1.12, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. But as many as received him, to them gave he the power or the authority or the right to become God's child. Acts 10, excuse me, Acts 4, 10 to 12. Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here whole. This is the stone which was set at naught by the builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men by where we must be saved. Why do we need to be saved? Because we are spiritually dead. We're spiritually lost. And to be able to spend eternity with God in heaven, we need to be saved. Salvation is a gift. The Bible tells us that eternal life is a free gift. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Each one of us desperately need this free gift because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. God warns us that there's a penalty for my sin, there's a penalty for your sin, and this penalty is death. The wages of sin is death. The paycheck that I deserve For my sin is eternal separation from a holy God for all eternity in the lake of fire in hell. The Bible talks about it as a place where the fire is never quenched and the worm dieth not. I can't imagine holding a worm over a fire for all eternity and have it never be burned up. That's the place of hell. And we don't have to go there if we just follow the simple truth of admitting that we're a sinner, 
God warns us there's a penalty for sin. This penalty cannot be removed by good works. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Even my faith to believe is a gift from my heavenly Father. God made provision for us, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. We can have forgiveness through his blood. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. You can receive this gift today. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For he had made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. He made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. I know for positive that one day I'm going to stand before Almighty God and I'm going to stand there totally righteous. Not because of any good thing that I've done. Put your spiritual imagination on with me for just a minute. As we look back at eternity past, we, we see Jesus there with God the Father, and they look into eternity future, and they see Dallas Putnam. And Dallas Putnam is condemned to an eternity in hell. Not just because Adam sinned, but because I chose to sin too. Christ said, I'll go. I'll pay his penalty. And when he admits that he's a sinner and asks for salvation, I'll give him my righteousness so that one day he can stand before the Father with my righteousness, Jesus said. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. God's way, Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you're here today and you've never placed your faith and trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ at the cross of Calvary, you can do that today. Just talk to God. Admit that you're a sinner. Believe that Jesus Christ paid the penalty for your sin and ask him to save you. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it, Love thy neighbor as thyself. Paul writing to the Ephesians in Ephesians 1 15 and 16, he said, Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Paul says, I've heard about Ephesians, I've heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus, and I've heard about your love to all the saints. And then in Revelation 2, 1 to 5 we read, Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write these things, saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works, I know thy labor and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil, and thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars. And has borne and has 
patience and for my name's sake has labored and has not fainted? You've checked to make sure they're doctrinally correct. And if they're not doctrinally correct, you've called it out. You've labored and labored and labored for my name. You've worked and worked and worked for my name. He's commended them, but then he says, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou hast fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto you quickly and remove your candlestick out of the place, except thou repent. Bible knowledge commentator I read, commentary I read, in spite of the many areas of commendation, the church in Ephesus was soundly rebuked. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. The order of words in the Greek is emphatic. The clause could be translated, your first love you have left. They got so busy serving the king that they forgot the king. They forgot the love. In calling the Ephesian believers to repentance, Christ was asking them to change their attitude, change your thoughts, change your heart, change their attitude as well as their affections. They were to continue to serve not simply because it was right, but because they love Christ. Remember with God, first love God with your thoughts and your words and then your deeds. He warned them that if they did not respond, the light of their witness in Ephesus would be extinguished. He said their, their candlestick would be removed. That's not talking about their salvation. It's talking about their, their uh, witness to others. Do you want to be effective? I want to be effective. I tell you what, I don't want my effective extinguished because I'm not loving the way that I should love. Revelation 2, 1 through 5, listen to this. Revelations 2, 1 through 5 was written about 35 years after Ephesians 1, 15 and 16. Most of the Ephesian Christians were now second generation believers. And though they had retained purity of doctrine and life and had maintained a high level of service, they were lacking in deep devotion to Christ. Now the church today needs to heed this same warning. The orthodoxy and service are not enough. Christ wants believers' hearts as well as their minds in their hands. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it. I had to stop and ask myself, Number one, have I believed on the Lord Jesus Christ? Yes, I have. Number two, that second commandment, am I loving my brothers and sisters? Am I loving those of a different sort, the way that I need to love them? I would encourage you to ask yourself that same question. Let's pray, and then I'll have Pastor come. Father, thank you for your word. Father, I just marvel and I know that I shan't but this this book was written 
so many years ago. But yet we look into it, and we see, dear God, that how you spoke to them those many years ago applies with our world situation today. It applies to our hearts today and where we need to be today. And dear God, I ask first for me and then for each one that's seated here that I would love you the way that you have commanded me to love you. But then, dear God, that I would love one another the way that you have loved me. And Father, if there's one here today that's never placed their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, I would ask that your Holy Spirit would stir their heart, that they would not leave this place today without making that vital decision. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.